Welcome to Roadhouse Minute, the podcast where we review the best bad movie of all time, Roadhouse, one minute at a time, and where we always try to be nice until it's time not to be nice. I'm Roger. Marcy should be joining us shortly. She has uh, stepped out for some child, important child care. But once again, we're going to close out the week with our most excellent guest, Sean German from the Spinal Tap Minute, Groundhog Minute, Five Minutes of Mime, the Is It Next Scene podcast. Is that right, Sean? How are you doing, yep. Sean? Next Scene podcast. Thanks for, thanks for having me back. So glad to be here. Well, I was joking with you before we started recording. Marcy left right before we got to the kissing scene. So that's mm-hmm. great. Coincidence? Thanks, Thanks Marcy. Not. Yes. <laughs> I think not. I this think is not. minute 54. Uh, this minute starts with Dalton taking off his seatbelt to go in for the kill. And it ends with O'Connor and Tinker rolling up to accost Dalton. You know what? You're right. We are going to get some Tinker at the end of this minute. So yeah. your, your alter ego <laughs> is going to feature... Yeah, not as prominently as he will right at the beginning of the next minute, which is just mm-hmm. one of my favorite parts in the movie. Uh, but yeah. we'll get to that. So <laughs> let me let me ask you a question, Sean. I want you to I want you to guess which of these two things lasts longer: <laughs> the amount of uh, wordless time that Dalton stares at Doc before he decides it's okay to move in for the kiss. Or the amount of time it takes for a giant stuffed polar bear to fall and crush Tinker. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going with the polar bear. You know what? Polar bear on Tink. I'll tell you what. It's actually a trick question. They're both the same. I timed them both. (laughs) Dalton stares at Doc for 13 seconds. Mm -hmm. counting, Starting with the last minute, coming into this minute, he stares at Dalton for 13 seconds before he decides that it's time to make his move. And I just have written here my notes here. What a baller. And that's how long it takes for a polar bear. That's how long it takes. To fall into your Tink here. Yep. (laughs) So... I mean, the follow-up question, but you're not going to be here probably in another 50 minutes when we get to talk about this, because, you know, which one of them is, as Dalton says, more made for each other, Dalton and Doc or Tinker and the stuffed polar bear? We'll just leave that question there for our listeners mm-hmm. to consider. Something for the listeners to think about. Sure. <laughs> Tell you what, I don't think Marcy should get a chance to avoid us talking about the kiss. What do you say we just sort of skip past that for a little bit and we'll come back to it? Okay, put a pin in that. I put feel a pin like in that kiss. I feel we can because there's some there's some heat in that kiss. Um, let's skip ahead to I have down in my notes here. So so you're Doc. You've just had a mm-hmm. pretty good date with Dalton. Mm-hmm. I think regardless of whether you are going to push back on me that it was in fact a hot kiss or not, this was a pretty good date, right? You'd agree with me. This was pretty good. Sure. Date. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I have down here in my notes. If if you had just had a pretty good date with with Dalton, would you think it's a good move to just drive off in your perfectly well put together automobile and leave him there with like literally a car that's just been <laughs> trashed? Like I have that in my notes here. Doc just yeah. leaves him here with a trash car. Seriously? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Don't you think you could have at least offered to give him a ride back to his place? Like, what are you doing, Doc? Yes. Uh, yes to all of that. It's it's a bit of a mess. Like, does does she well, like, how does she know that the damage is just superficial? I mean, we see, okay, they broke the the window sticking the sign through, but I don't know. Is that you know? Do we think that's all they did? I think out of they slashed some tires, um, they did something to think that oh, he's all good, he's just driving away. But she's like, no, she's she's not the type. 
Does he have more slash tires in this scene? I wasn't paying close enough attention. I, I don't I don't know that he does, but I'm just assuming. Like, do we think they stopped at the sign? That's a good assumption. The stop sign. Like, they, they would do more than that, or at least she's she should stick around to check. Like, hey, did they slash your tires? She doesn't even pull back far enough to allow him to easily extract this sign. Like, she 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 <laughs> yeah. does she deserved to get her jeep keyed by that stop sign. As far as mm-hmm. I'm concerned, in this scene, like this is this is this is bad post date behavior on Doc's part. Yeah, Marcia, are you back with us? I'm back. Yep. Okay, so never fear. We skipped the conversation about the kiss. We were waiting for you. Oh, jeez. How's everything going with Andrew? Andrew's doing fine. You He's were studying for Latin. You were not able to avoid that scene by attempting to sneak out for <laughs> childcare. He says with with scare quotes. So. But what what do you think about Doc's move here to just peel off in her Jeep while he's standing here in his messed up beater? Well, I think kind of based on the look of, on her face. Um, <laughs> look at that look. Like, ah, no, that kiss, not Marcy. so much. <laughs> oh, no. that is, that just, is, just, that is, that is meme culture gone wild. I, and you should be I'm ashamed of yourself. Screen grab the very ugliest face. <laughs> I'm going to take, I'm going to take this video that we're doing here and send you the five most awkward looking pictures of your face that we've accumulated in the last two hours. That's just fine. Um, I don't think that she was too wild about that kiss. No. You okay? All right. Well, all right. Let's talk about it here. I think. So, I, I think, think Patrick I think she Swayze enjoys this kiss. Patrick Swayze has got the "I'm gonna eat you alive" eyes on, which is great. Mm-hmm. But she goes in with um, eyes wide shut and stays that way, and then she's and then her lips come pursed together, like mm, I don't know about that. This is a tender kiss. It's not, it might be tender, but it's not like, hey, I want to rip your clothes off and I'm super into you. Well, yeah, I would okay, I'd say so tender, but time. not tender, but not passionate. Nah. I kind of agree. Yeah, not, not passionate. Okay. What if that's a symbol of the fact that the two of them are liking each other enough to not want the first date to become sort of something crazy and out of control. Like they want this second date and they feel like this is about as much first date as she should get out of a first date. Yeah, maybe, or I don't know, maybe she's just like, "Hmm, no. Do you think she's just giving giving him a courtesy kiss? Yes. What? I do. I do not. I do. I, I cannot get on board with that. Based on closing eyes. So so you think closing your eyes is a symbol of fear or apprehension or distaste for what's about to happen? Maybe. I just well, think that he's looking at her. She's not looking at him when he when things are coming in. Like her eyes are closed up. I'd like to imagine the scene where neither of them had their eyes open and where their faces just smash into each other because of lack of coordination. Someone had to be looking. <laughs> Yeah, well, Patrick is acting like he wants to kiss her. She's just acting like she's getting kissed. And maybe that's the difference there. Can I perhaps posit another theory, which is this is 1989, and maybe guys were sort of expected to kind of make more of the move. Yeah, maybe. How much? No, I'm is... sorry, I don't like her very much. <laughs> How I'm much of this is just your latent Lynch loathing? <laughs> I just, it just, it's just all coming out. You're right. I don't think it's. I don't think it's latent. The Lynch loathing. <laughs> oh, that's fair. That's active. fair. <laughs> yeah. I meant latent as in always present. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think and more... she's like, she's just out of there. He gets out of the car and yeah. she's already reversing. She's like, just leaving him in dust, kicking up pebbles and gravel from the, yeah. the parking lot. Okay. Well, that's a perfectly good explanation about why yeah. she ditches him there. If, she, if you mm-hmm. think she can't get out of there fast enough. So I have to ask, why does she come back in a white dress that she doesn't end up wearing for very long? Oh, when she has sex with him in the loft? Yes, Marcy, you decoded my entendre. Like, uh, why does she come back if this is a first date that she can't wait to get out of? I I think I just don't see her as being passion, like showing that she's interested in this man. Except for the part where she comes back in a white dress and then has she, sex with him. Yes, but as in like as the role is acted, it's mm-hmm. just not very into him and i feel bad for patrick like patrick needs somebody that's a little bit more into him gosh marcy you wouldn't happen to know anybody like that would you (laughs) i think maybe we could we we did sean we did not consider one possibility for who we could recast in the role of doc all right but if that were to happen (laughs) there would be some lonely nights for me so roger oh do you know what so delightful she's leaving him and he gives the, the little top-notch wave. Oh, I know. We're going to talk oh. about Yeah, so so this is... So, Sean, we enjoy this. This is actually a thing that Marcy and I do with each other constantly yeah. now is the Dalton half-military <laughs> salute, which looks like this. It's the second... Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is the second time we've seen this in the movie. Yes. The first time was in the junkyard, and now we get it here. Why does Dalton give her that salute? Because he's like, yeah, you didn't kiss me back. Check you later. Okay, well, he did kiss her. She did kiss him back, but that's neither here nor there. Just because her lips were touching his does not mean she kissed him back. Actually, I think if I look up the definition of the word kiss in the dictionary, that's exactly what it means, Marcy. All right. You're not, you, you. Sean, you got to take over. I'm too, I'm getting too upset over here. All right. We don't have to talk about this kiss anymore because you're, this is clearly triggering something. I'm really upset now. Mm hmm. It's apparently a sensitive subject. So I have written down in my notes here that Dalton has enough time to extract the sign and hold it in place like a shepherd. (laughs) (laughs) Look at the way he's standing there. Like, why wouldn't you just, okay, so I get that someone jams a stop sign through your window. Why do you stand there and hold it? What else is he going to do? She's peeling out. He could throw it onto the ground like a piece of trash. Oh. He looks so. The other thing I have in my notes is he kind of looks like Indiana Jones holding the staff of Rob. <laughs> like if he if he waits yeah. if he waits until sunrise, the sun will shine through the holes yeah. in that stop sign and show him where the trouble is going to break out next night. Next the next yeah. night in the double deuce. That's that's the end of my joke with that. Does anybody have anything else about this nighttime scene before we we move on to henchmen gone wild? I have some notes about why this scene starts the way that it does, but I, I also have written down here that this this next scene, so for the last 20 seconds or so of this minute, it begins with some very strange animal sounds. And I'm just wondering if anybody else picked up on that and what animals we think they might be. Are they um are they peacocks? It's some kind of bird, right? It is some kind of strange bird. I do think those are peacocks. I think you're right. So now we're on a horse farm that has a roving <laughs> band of peacocks. It's kind of like that place we always used to walk past on the rail trail, Marcy, that had both peacocks and llamas. Llamas, mm. yes. Or alpacas. One, one of, of the two. 
One of those two. Two things that generally don't come within close proximity unless they are fenced in. Yeah, that sounds like a little... Are these peacocks... I mean, based on the way this scene is shot, do we think these are the peacocks standing next to the cameraman on Brad Wesley's palatial estate filming across the river? Or are these peacock sounds coming from Emmett's farm? Emmett's farm, for sure. So there are peacocks on Emmett's farm. That's what you're telling me. Okay. Here's another possibility. This is just sort of the the, the sound editor mailing it in. I there think was, you're right. There were there were some parts in the last fight scene where it definitely seemed like he was going to his like avid deck and like pulling out like generic punch sound 42 and slapping it in. Yeah. So maybe some this of these a- are yeah. Some of these are like, well, we'll put something in now for the like the rough cut and we'll fix it later. And later never came. So you're saying you're saying there was there was not a lot of fixing this in post. It's possible. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about where we find Dalton at the beginning of this minute, because yeah. I want to I want to hear. So here's my question. Why do you think that we find Dalton here laying on the hood and windshield of his car. I have some notes, but I'm dying to hear what the two of you think first. I have, my notes are a question mark. I don't have an answer <laughs> to that question. That's, that's, yeah, that's the question I had. And I'm that's, like, that's the kind of insight we're looking for you to bring to the pod, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> that's why, that's what I do. Yeah. It's just, so, well, and I guess he's figuring, well, you know, like the, the boots on, the hood of the car, I guess he figures the glass is broken, whatever other damage they did with the sign the night before. Is he just trying, like, oh, there's going to be a whole paint job anyway, so who cares if I'm walking all over the hood of the car? He doesn't seem to concern. I also, Marcy, I'm, what do you think? Why is Dalton laying on his windshield? I don't know. Like, when you get the wide shot of the house, the mm-hmm. windows are open on the top floor, um, so it's got to be quite nice out for mm-hmm. them to be all open and kind of the breeze going in and out. But he is, he wasn't provided with any lawn furniture at Emmett's. So it's possible that he doesn't have a chaise lounge outside. <laughs> so he needs to make do he's with using, what he's got. So you're saying your, your hypothesis is that he's using a, his Buick Riviera as a chair. Yes. Because he has no other chairs. He has no other chair. And a man wants to get some fresh air outside. Um, but I do appreciate that he's put a little cushion between his lower back mm-hmm. and the hood. Because, you know, that's a sensitive spot right there. You wouldn't want to, like... You need that lumbar support. That's, not a, support. that's not a cushion. That's his sport coat. Is that his well, jacket that he's so, balled up? So he, let, me, let me tell you what it says in the script. And then I, I want you all to reflect on this. What does it I mean, say in the script? Because obviously he's wearing his clothes from, the, from last night's date. Still. According to the script... No, he's not, Roger. Yes, he is. Yes, he last is. Last wearing... night, he was wearing white pants and a mini mock... And that um, that blazer that was brown, I might give you that the blazer that's brown is now under his back, but those are not white pleated pants. Are you sure that they were white? Yeah. Are you I'm sure? sure? Roger, I have a photographic memory for what this man is wearing. And I'm going to prove it to you. And unless I'm wrong, and then we'll just go on from there. <laughs> his Here. pants are light colored. Here, they're white. Those are not the same pants that he's wearing currently. All right. I'll give you that. A win, a win, a win. But here's what I will tell you that it says in the script. According to the script, Dalton appears to have been just sleeping on his car because the script says 
Uh, exterior local pasture and flatlands at night. Dalton lies on the hood of his Buick. Above him, the skies are filled with stars. His arms crossed under his head. He stares up at the skies. Strangely satisfied, he makes no sounds, nor does he move, just looks up at the sky above. And then, dawn, parentheses, time lapse, Dalton seated on the hood of the Buick, his legs dangling over the fender, he smokes a cigarette, the sun rises in the sky behind him. So, according to the script, he basically slept on his car. <laughs> now that would suck. Do we like that? God. No. No. Okay. That's not going to be comfortable at all. No. I'm not saying do we <laughs> would we like to do that? <laughs> do we like that as a choice for Dalton? Well, he's got that really big hood. You know, part of the problem with modern cars is the hood is too short. And here the angle of this hood would be such that he wouldn't immediately slide off the car. Like are I you, feel if you got on either one of our cars right now, you'd just slide right off the hood. Are you suggesting that modern car manufacturers are not doing a good job of ac accommodating our sleeping habits? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I think the man would sleep out under the stars and I think he would sleep on his car hood. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, but is, is he protecting the car? Is this like in case, uh, you know, the vandals come back and want to put another sign through a window? No. I th so I, I think, think this is just Dalton not wanting to be fenced in. Like he oh. is a free spirit. Like Mowgli in the Jungle Book. He really needs to process this date he had with this horrible woman. <laughs> see, okay. See, that's what I want to get at. And you're wrong, by the way. She's not a horrible woman. I think that Dalton came back from that first date and he was like, so... So I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take our listeners behind the curtain a little bit and just tell them a little mm -hmm. bit about our relationship, Marcy. When I went on, so Sean, when I went on uh, Marcy and my first date, I told everybody I saw the next day, like, I just went on the greatest first date of all time. And here we are 20 years later. So I think Dalton came back from this date and he was like, wow, that was great. This woman is amazing. And he was just so overcome with sort of his his satisfaction about what has happened that he just decided to lay out on his hood and just just soak in how good that date was and he had nobody to tell so he sat oh. there with the peacocks just the peacocks <laughs> and the horses and the horses yep. the, the date was so good he didn't want the want the night to end oh, yeah wow but he was by himself that's good sean and sad, yeah. Marcy. Yeah. <laughs> you took that to a really dark place, Marcy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's what it says in the script. I don't know. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'll just chalk it up to a continuity error um, <laughs> in terms of like the, the pants. So clearly, uh, I mean, the, the, the perception of color can change, for, you know, nighttime under the fluorescent lights of a diner versus, right. uh, you know, daytime sunlight. But clearly... The pants and the jacket are not the same color or the same shade in the diner, and they are clearly identical, the same color here on the hood of the car. But it, it could be just a continuity error, and he is supposed to be wearing the same pants I mean, that he was wearing the night before. Here's another hypothesis we could posit. Dalton came home, went to bed like a normal person, and then woke up and said, you know what's going to happen to me today? Brad Wesley's henchmen are going to come and find me, so I better get into my normal outfit, which is this is his normal outfit, T-shirt, pants, 
sport coat. And I'm going to sit on the front of my car and just wait. I think that's a good idea, too, because he doesn't want people coming into his bedroom that are like that. I mean, he already had to have that that woman come and bring him a donut. Carrie Ann. Maybe (laughs) maybe he's just going to be safe and, like, accept everybody as a visitor in the dooryard from now on. I'm sure that Dalton has those steps heavily booby-trapped after being traumatized by being <laughs> weighted on or by heavily weighted on hand and foot by Carrie Ann. <laughs> like I, I bet he did that Tom Cruise thing and like found the nearest light bulb and just like shattered it and then just like shook it out over the step. Oh yeah, there you go. All right. I, I should ask Marcy, because I did write this down in my notes. Are these are these pleated pants? No, these look normal. They actually look quite nice. Very good. Uh, what else do I have in my notes? So this is O'Connor and Tinker. So you know right away that, A, this is not a very important mission that they're on, and B, the chances are it might not go well. I'm really excited for the next minute. Sean, I'm sorry you're not going to be back with us again on Monday because um, what happens yeah. right at the end of this is fantastic. But so what we do see is this is this is our friend uh, O'Connor and Tinker. O'Connor has really cleaned himself up. Good for him. He's not bleeding in any messy way in the scene. Uh. Um, but did y'all notice? So Tinker, on the other hand, Tinker's got his two middle fingers body taped and bandaged mm. from, I guess, the previous fight. So one one thing I like about Tinker that I didn't it, I didn't think of last minute, but I should have mentioned. We and we see it here. Tinker is a belt and suspenders kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah he's he's not leaving anything to chance he's got redundant systems going on that's good he sort of looks like if you bought a book called let's make a trucker let's let's make a trucker dude Mm -hmm. like one of those paper doll books and then decided to take all the outfits and put them on the same person all at the same time i'm gonna do everything do i need a trucker cap yes do i need a vest yes do i need a shirt Yes. Yeah. Do I need well, you have to say it's like I don't know if it's. I guess it's like a, a fisherman's vest. It's a vest with a lot of pockets. This isn't just any vest. This is like a tactical vest. A tactical vest. What do we think? <laughs> what do we think Tinker has in the pockets of his tactical vest? Floss, dental floss. <laughs> what? <laughs> just you, in case. You win, Marcy. Just so yeah. you know, we're not playing Mad Libs right now. No, seriously, oh, okay. floss. But if we were, you would have won. All right. I think. Why? Wait, there's, hold there's, on, hold on, Sean. We can't. <laughs> no, no, wait, Sean. I don't want to gloss over this floss thing. Floss? 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 Because the man eats a lot of ribs. He goes to the diner and he eats corn on the cob and ribs for lunch. And it all gets stuck in his teeth. And although he likes to eat these items, he has also, he, he needs to have at least one hygiene thing that he's really methodical about. And it's dental hygiene. Wow, and you so, d- You've done an, a lot of fan fiction about Tinker. <laughs> I like that. You've taken this to a good place. All right. John, do you have any other ideas about what Tinker might be hiding in his tactical vest? Um, <laughs> well, I like, yeah, I, I'll build on the floss idea. There's probably some like wet wipes <laughs> in there as well. He needs, wanna, yes. Yeah, you're going to want to, ribs are messy. Um, I like the, I love the fact that you all are turning him from a not very scary fake tough guy into like the customer of the month at Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> oh my! Yeah. I'm sure, there's like there's there's probably a pocket dog in there. He's got some hot dog on the go. <laughs> ready to 
you go to moments lotus a so, yeah. pocket dog, pocket dog well, sure. no offense and this is not in any way an attempt by me to do any sort of body shaming he does look like someone who might just sort of need periodically to find something else to eat what do you mean by find something <laughs> else to, to find eat something else. <laughs> like it's it's been an hour it's time oh yeah. <laughs> he needs seconds I can I like, see that's I like the kind the, of thing. Go ahead. I can see he's the kind of guy that like turn, you know, on a long road trip will turn and be like, you know, my blood sugar gets low. We gotta, we gotta stop yes, and eat. Yes, know? yeah. Um, I like I, I'm Marcy, I'm gonna totally co-sign your dental floss because I also think I also think he's watched enough James Bond movies to think that if if the chips are really down, he can use his dental floss to attempt to garrot someone. <laughs> it's multi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Multi floss. I want to I want to watch the spin-off movie from this like the the 10 episode Netflix series where Tinker becomes like an action hero. I want yeah, the 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 Tinker prequel. The the only other thing I have down in my notes uh, for this minute is that O'Connor has the biggest grin on his face. Like if 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 Tinker is a fake tough guy, mm-hmm. O'Connor is like a fake head bad guy. And I noticed that he has a big grin on his face because of what we're going to hear in the next minute. And also that his first move is to clean his glasses. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a it's a move. You you look very menacing if you wear glasses all the time and you take them off. And then you're like, ooh, now we have yeah, business. Marcy, no offense, but you lose all your menacing cred when you feel like you need to pull out a wet wipe and clean them. Yeah. yeah. A hanky. Well, and- yeah, I was going to say, like, it looks like a handkerchief or something. Yeah. And, like, no one is threatened by someone who carries a, a cotton handkerchief. Or right. probably, in his case, a pocket square. He's yeah. also got what looks like a Casio wristwatch on. So. Wait, what? It's Casio. Black digital Casio yeah. wristwatch. You mean the thing with the calculator? Yeah. You think that O'Connor, a 55-year-old man, is wearing a Casio calculator wristwatch? D- zoom in on the thing. It looks like a black old-school Casio. Wow. I mean, I Tinker looks like he's got a metal watch on. That looks a little classier. It seems like a, a very... Com- so, Marcy, are, are you familiar with the term tryhard? No. <laughs> I don't think so. As a noun? Yeah. No. Are you Sean? Uh, no, I've, I've just heard it for the first time. So our younger son, Andrew, um, told me this because um, he was saying he's had some trouble at school because he likes to be academically focused all the time. And he said that someone in his other class called him a tryhard because he, I guess, um, like oh. he, he, st- he studied for something. Um, mm-hmm. that maybe this other kid didn't feel like was worth his time or effort, so he called him a tryhard. I just have, so written down in my notes, Tinker is like a tryhard bad guy. I think that's proper use of the term tryhard. Oh, God. Well, it says a person who participates in a game or other activity with too much enthusiasm, emotion, effort, or commitment. I that I didn't know about that for Andrew. That makes me feel sad. He Well, in case you're worried, Andrew took it in stride and he realizes that this other kid just doesn't care that much and it's not going to affect his motivation. Anyway. I wonder if the, I wonder if it's the same kid that called him a know-it-all a couple months ago. You know, I think it might be. People that think other people are know-it-alls also think that they're tryhards. Ugh. All right. I have one note uh, of trivia about this minute, if I can indulge, indulge you all. Um, so so the, in the director's commentary, they, uh, the director says that this farm scene, so I think they might have even, I think they filmed this scene as a pickup. 
I don't think that it's actually filmed in the same place as Emmett's Farm and Wesley Manor. Um, they say that this farm scene took place at something called the Disney Ranch, which I was not aware of. If you say the Disney Ranch to me, that sounds like a rejected like next expansion at Disneyland or something like that. But actually, there was a ranch called the Golden Oak Ranch in Santa Clarita, which is where this uh, the the on location parts of this movie were set. It was owned by Walt Disney Studios, and they used it to film a ton of things. Like, if you look it up on the web, there are dozens of movies that were filmed in various places around this ranch. It's It was bought by Disney in 1959 at 315 acres, and by the time they were done with it, it was more than 900 acres wow. of, of open space that one could go make a live-action Disney movie. Don't you think that makes sense, then, that they have peacocks there? <laughs> well... I'd also say that because my grandmother lived in Ocala, Florida, and there was um, Silver Springs in Ocala, which was the place where they filmed a movie back in some time, and they released wild monkeys into this <laughs> area of Florida. And so, like, you go to Silver Springs, and it's like, oh, this is really cool. And then there's, like, these random monkeys that don't belong on this <laughs> continent. Two Langer monkeys just come up and mug you and take all your money? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's a really generous uh, offered explanation for why we heard peacocks to be in this minute. I think it's just because the sound editors were pretty lazy and didn't really care what cartridge they reached for when they were doing Foley work. <laughs> All right. All right. So on our Friday shows, and uh, thank you again. You've been a wonderful guest. We've loved having you. Um, on our Friday shows, in the in the sad but probably true um, case where you may not be rejoining us for the rest mm-hmm. of this podcast. Are there any other parts of the movie that sort of are your favorites? What, what if, if you weren't here for these three minutes, which other minutes of the movie do you wish you would have? Either minutes that have already happened or future minutes that we haven't got to yet? Um, you know, I'm going to say it, it kind of um, came up a little bit earlier in the week, sort of the, um, the romantic minutes, the passionate minutes that, you know, that, that white dress Wait, Marcy um, says Marcy says that they don't exist. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, okay. That I must have. Um, yeah, I have a, a deleted scene on my DVD. But um, just because I've, you know, I've also wondered about like so the the films I did didn't have any. Uh, you know, there were no sex scenes or really romance. I mean, there's you know a little bit in um, Groundhog Day, but it's kind of played up for laughs when it's Phil and Nancy. Um, <laughs> so I think just the the um, yeah, just the, the challenge of kind of covering a sex scene one minute at a time. Well, you know I, what, I, Sean? I want to take that up. Uh-oh, I don't want to. I just volunteer for something. I don't want to do too much show prep here on the show, but those minutes have been left unscheduled right now because oh, it didn't occur to me <laughs> that there would be someone who I got. I got to talk to my co-host and see if maybe we just want to keep those minutes to ourselves, but. Um, no. I'm, I'm, no. Oh, Marcy. I th- I think what Marcy's no. just told me is that perhaps it might end up just being you and me, Sean. I can't yes, think of anything please. better than two dudes just talking about a sex scene. That just seems like podcast gold. Sounds fantastic. I love that idea. Yeah. Well, good luck, Marcy. You're not getting out of those minutes. If I if I have to do those minutes, you do too. Since this podcast was your idea. Something about for better or for worse in the um oh, the yeah. co-host oath. For yeah, better or worse it. in sex scene or in polar bear. I think those were part of our vows. Roger, did you ask Sean about when he first saw this movie? 
We talked about it. Yeah. yeah. Talked, oh, okay. Two minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> Where you been? I, I, I know. I know it was four days ago. Podcast listeners, it wasn't. It was about an hour ago. I might. But yes, that's what we do on every Monday show with our guests. I might have been slightly sleepy about what? two hours ago, and I might have nodded off just a little bit. I'm gonna take cool. away your. I'm gonna take away your pillow privilege. No, I yeah. will not podcast anywhere else, but other than this bed. All right. Okay. I don't just... want to be upright. Marcy will just have to listen to the podcast yes. to be able to hear uh, hear that discussion. I'll have to find out through <laughs> listening. Well, if if I didn't if I didn't think there was going to be some crazy echo, it's it's funny, Sean. So even though Marcy and I are married, we record this podcast on Zoom in separate rooms with separate headsets because we've gone mm-hmm. through all different kinds of iterations. I don't yeah. know if you have you ever had to record an episode with someone who you could potentially be like in in the same room with. Yeah, so I've I've done it at least. I'm trying to think. There was once I recorded. Yeah, um, was usually uh, with, on, on the next scene podcast. My co-host is my brother who lives oh. several hundred miles away. But we happened to um, our recording schedule happened to coincide with uh, a weekend where he was visiting. So we ended up uh, recording in the same room, and it is different. Yeah, usually we're we're just uh, connected online. So, Marcy, if I didn't think we were going to have crazy echo things, I'm telling you, we're going to record those minutes. It's like 64 through 67. We could record them both in the same bed. Yeah. Be in bed together. But I think it would be some crazy echo. So, you know what? Instead, it's going to be me here, you there, and Sean is committed to coming back for those minutes in a little while. (laughs) You're in it, Sean. It's in in about 20 Uh, minutes. I feel like I've been set up. So hey. that's going to be in the springtime, right? No one asked you to volunteer for those minutes, Sean. You said that those are the minutes you were most interested it's like, in. It's a podcasting challenge, Sean. you got to do it. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. So, um, sure. I would uh, I would be glad to come back. All right. Well, yeah. we'll, keep, we'll keep that in mind. Keep it in mind. I understand there's, there's, there's a probably line out the door of potential guests who want to get in. So I don't want to be greedy and, and <laughs> take more of my minutes. share of minutes. But, hey, if, if, if the time comes and... Uh, and no one steps up. Sure, I'll talk. I'll, I'll put my white dress on and show up for that. Watch wow, out Sean, for the Sean. Th- thank you, and thank you for leaving this recording with that thought in my mind. I appreciate yeah. that. Well, um, I'll be careful yeah. about the rock wall. All right. <laughs> see, see now, Sean is in a white dress against a rock wall. Oh, this is this is wrong. It's wrong. Help get me out of this, Sean. Can you please tell us, <laughs> apart from this show, where people can find you on the internet? Where can they find me? Well, where can, yeah, me. Um, I would tell people go to catandshawn.org, and it's cat, C-A-T, like the animal, and Sean, S-C-A-N, dot org, because I'm never organized. And there I link to all my podcasts. I link to my, uh, you know, the things I host. I list. To, I link to my ghost, my guest appearances. Um, I also have a. Hey, there's a thing um, we haven't mentioned. Uh, Calvin and Hobbes cast, Whoa. which is a podcast that covers the seminal comic strip Calvin and Hobbes, one day at a time, one strip at a time. That was started by uh, Nate Renly. And I've been a guest, and I am an occasional co-host. When I have the time and the opportunity, I will record an episode and throw it up. So um, you'll hear me. You'll hear many other people at the Calvin and Hobbes cast. And you can find that if you go to catandshawn.org. That is great. I hope I hope that have they gotten any sort of feedback of any kind from Bill Watterson? 
I don't think so. He's not, an, I haven't gotten I haven't heard, but maybe he's a, has. Yeah. He's an interesting dude. I really love Calvin and Hobbes. And like when I was growing up, I had all the Calvin and Hobbes books, yeah. including like the whichever is the one where he sort of like pulls back the curtain and explains to you like how, you know, how it came to be. Um, yeah. and, you know, the funny thing about him is he he did not license his comic strip at all. If you see yeah. Calvin and Hobbes on anything. It's copyright infringement because Bill right. Watterson was just like, I don't want to make any money from this. And so, no, you can't do that. Yeah, he's um, like the anti-Charles Schultz. You know, peanut is, <laughs> peanuts are everywhere. There's everything. But, yeah, there's and, you know, there's no, uh, yeah, no no stickers, no action figures, no stuffed, uh, you know, stuffed hob, to, hob toys. Yeah, y'all none should, of that is licensed, yeah. Y'all should try to get him on the podcast. I bet if you told him we're doing this other thing, which also doesn't make any money, yeah. maybe. If he's still, he might be into it. It is. Yeah, it's kind of far out there. Kind of that would be his, fun. Uh, up his streak. Yeah. So yeah, check that out. Very good. Well, thank cool. you once again for having us, Sean. You've been a delight. Well, thank you very much for having me. This has been a tons of fun, and thank you for doing the podcast. I love when there's a, you know, there's there's a film that I haven't seen for a while, and I forget how much I love it, and then someone comes out with a podcast, and I'm like, well, now I got to watch the, you know, I got to watch the movie before I listen to the podcast, and mm-hmm. I watch it, and I'm like. I love this movie. Why haven't I seen this for a long time? So thanks. Thanks to you guys for bringing attention to this, this great film. You are welcome. And thank you listeners once again for listening to another episode of Roadhouse Minute. Please, if you can rate and review us on your favorite podcatching app, come and join us on Facebook at the new Double Deuce. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at at RH Minute. And you can email us at Dalton says be nice at gmail.com. So remember until next time, be nice. Bye now. Bye.